God has a purpose for everything and everyone. No, it's all right. You do it. Don't you? Don't 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 be embarrassed. You do it. God has a purpose for everything and everyone, and that's what we're going to be preaching about today. So, all these things that have happened this morning, all the words that you've said. It is a theme. Even the music that we've had has been telling us exactly what the Lord has been telling us. Not to be disappointed. Don't worry. There's a season and all the rest of it. So you've all done marvellous. It just shows you how God is working with us. That's amazing that every single person is on the, on, on the right track. And we have not discussed anything. No. Amen? Amen? Not a beam. So that should encourage us as all that, hey, keep calm. We're all right, but we've got to work. I'm going to read a few scriptures today, so bear with me. I'm going to start with a couple, then I'm going to read some passages as well. So just stay with me, because we've got to know what God has for us. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, says this. To everything there is a season. A time... For every purpose under heaven. So that's amazing. So we know seasons. Our seasons used to run very, very orderly. Now they're all over the place, but we still get in some sort of seasons. And everywhere over the world the seasons change. Because where they are and what, what the ground is and everything else like that. But there is still a season for everything. And you know, everything we look at there's a season, isn't there? You know, there's a season to be pregnant and have babies. There's a season to die. And I know we don't like talking about that very often. So don't, don't use that season this week, by the way. And there's a season to die. There's a season for everything. So God is just trying to tell us. There's a, there's a season to plow up the fields. There's a season to plant. There's a season to water. There's a season to harvest. Etc. Etc. And we know this scripture in Ecclesiastes 3, it turns around and talks about time for the next 13 verses. A time for living, time for living, a time for dying, a time to preach, a time not to, a time to love, a time to hate, a time to sow, a time to mend, a time to repair, a time to love, and a time to hate. There's a time for war, there's a time for peace. We, it's a, you can see how God has given us this knowledge to say there's a season for everything. And everyone does go through seasons. What is this? Oh, Ecclesiastes 17. I'm going to go right down to 17. And this is sort of the climax of all these times. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. So wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever you've done in this world, God will judge us. Amen? Amen. Whether you're in the church or out the church, he still judges us. Don't forget, we'll get our judgment and when Jesus comes back, the church will either go or whoever's not in that church will stay. The dead shall rise first, as we sang, and the living will meet Jesus Christ in the clouds. God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every purpose and for every work. Okay, so what is purpose? It's we use it, don't we? I did that on purpose. And, you know what did you know? We and we see all these pur- with purpose, and yet we don't know what it is, which is quite amazing. I use all these words in business: vision, 
mission, purpose, focus, you know, you know, I use them all in my business teachings and it wasn't until I'd about been a Christian for 10 years I realised that all these business teachings came from the Bible. You know, amazing. So I thought I was really smart, being so clever, and then I find out that people like Abraham was much more smarter than I was. And, you know, and they couldn't even read and stuff like that, you know. So it really does put, make one very, very humble to realise how smart we're not. Hallelujah. Purpose, the reason for which anything is done, created or exists. So it's not fascinating, so straight away, God had a purpose for creating this earth. God had to create a purpose for creating you and me. Man. And we'll get to that later. But isn't it fascinating that, you know, that here we are on the earth, and no matter how many trillions of planets we can see and everything else, we have found no other living being anything like us. Strange? Oh, we just haven't found them yet. Oh, hallelujah. I don't think there's any. I think we. I think there's just us. A fixed design or idea. That is the object of an action or other effort. Isn't it amazing? So it's something that, that it, it is something that that you think about that we can do, but it always it's something that requires effort. Work and effort, everything we do in this life. So if you've got a purpose to get rich, you've got to put effort in. If you've got a purpose to, to be happy, you've got to put effort in. If you've got a purpose to get organised, you've got to put effort into it. So all these ideas that we have to do, we've got to put some effort, some work into it. Again, you know, if you don't, we become like the land that is not Cloud, it just grows over, and what ends up on it, David? Just weeds. And bushes and trees, and it all grows back. Nature takes over. Well, our nature is sin. So if we don't put the effort in, into doing the good things that God is teaching us to do, guess what takes us over? The bad stuff. And the bad stuff comes so quickly into our minds <laughs> and out of our mouths. Anybody agree? Yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I have. You've got to remember, I'm no different to you. I came in and threw the cable down because we forgot to put it in. And then when I came back, Andrew had fixed it, and they tried to ring me. But of course, my phone's here. Just I leave it here just in case somebody texts me to say they're not coming. Hallelujah. So I came in and was. I was. I was like angry man just. My, my term of anger is this open pizza sink. <laughs> and that's it. So, so if you ever. You said it, I know. So if you ever hear me say for Pete's sake, you know, I'm like, a little cheesed or greatly cheesed, it doesn't matter. It just comes out as a Pete's sake. So I think I'm quite happy with old Pete's sake. It's not blasphemy, nothing else. Poor old Pete, but I don't know about who he is. So it's. Is it. <laughs> Well, I never used the disciple as a term of derogatory comments. I think it's somebody that I do know, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Hallelujah. Because Pete was always doing wrong things. Hallelujah. 
But what's God's purpose? What's God's purpose for us in this earth? And God's purpose, I can see that he, he turned around and he says that he's calling out to everyone. He's calling out to every single human being. He said that he wants all men to be saved. So there's that salvation. There's that place that we can be get, get out of all this worldly thinking and this worldly mess and that determination that we've got to make ourselves something that we probably shouldn't be trying to make and, and do things that make life good, not just for ourselves though, for our families, for our loved ones, for people that we're with, our friends, our colleagues, church, everything around us. And so God is trying to create this world where man, with his free will, will stop totally doing everything for just for me. We've got to look after ourselves, look after our bodies and eat the right food and, and read the right stuff and all that. But I'm not on about that. I'm on about God is always giving. He wants to give. And he wants to give. Um, so we've got to look at it so that he calls them all to him so to give everyone the opportunity to know him you see I know for full well that I've knocked on these doors and, and one of the questions I've asked most of them is that well, what do you know about God and they go oh nothing really so what do you know about the Bible most people it is pretty little very little I should say and so it's important that, so if you haven't got knowledge, how do you know something? I've got a great story. I only know what I know. I don't know what I don't know. But when I, don't, when I know that I don't know, and then I know, I know that I know. But I still don't know what I don't know. Have you got that now? It's like one of Jesus. It's quite, actually, it is logical. I know it sounds crazy, but it, it's actually logical. So how, do, how will people make a decision on God when they don't know him? How can they make a decision on how to live their life when they don't know what God has told them? The best way to live life is this. How can man think about these things if there's no knowledge at all in them? Mm. He gave us all the opportunity to know him have the knowledge of salvation. So without us being saved, no one is going to heaven in the New Testament. No one is going to heaven without being saved. Because that's what Jesus Christ came for. You know, we sing Hosanna, Hosanna. It's made, you know, Hosanna. And everybody thinks Hosanna is some sort of praise. Hosanna means God saves us. God saved now. Isn't that amazing? And yet, that's what he said, save. You know, we did salvation a couple of weeks ago. What is it? It's deliverance. It's taken us out of the mess of our life. Hello? Anybody's life in a mess? <laughs> you can't smile. You have to move over. I can't see you. <laughs> you can't smile like that, Alex. <laughs> it was like... Mm, I don't want to say yes, but mm. <laughs> it's, it's all of us. Yeah. Every single one of us. No, even no matter how much I try to put my life in order, some devil 
comes along and messes it up. Okay? If they were all nice people, we'd be all helping each other and, and making our lives good. <laughs> it's a wonderful vision of being in heaven and everyone swoosh things. A time and a season for everything under the sun. It's quite fascinating. Can you imagine having a few lions as your pets? Here, here's your straw. <laughs> Amazing. But these are the pictures that God is trying to give us. He tries to give us all the way through the Bible a vision a sight of who we can be and where we can be and getting to heaven also as well. But also, one of, the, one of the purposes of God is to give us his mission, his reason for coming. And we know what it is. He's come to seek and save those that were lost. And so we should have that same, that same vision, mission and purpose in our life. Okay, let's, let's, give, let's give you a few examples of purpose. I'm going to start with Nehemiah. So I have a passage from here. It's Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah was the prophet. He'd been taken, he'd been taken into he's in captivity. And he was, I think he was the king's cupbearer. And that means he, he tasted the wine for him to, just in case he dies. And so a very trusted man. And he had a, he had a vision about the, about the walls of Jerusalem. Um, all been down in the temple and he asked, he asked the king if he could go back to, to repair it and he let him go but when he goes, whenever we have something to do, we always come into some opposition no matter what we choose to do, there's always opposition get a new job try something new there's always opposition, whatever we do there's opposition, you know, look, look, look at our country, look at, the, look at the opposition in our country today look at the absolute mess our country is. Look how vile people are to one another. It is the most evil thing I've seen for years how people can tear people apart. Whether it's the truth or not, it's, it's just vile. It's evil. You know, and, it, and, 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 and you hear nothing but bad. Everyone is no good except the person who's saying it. It's just crazy stuff. Quick story. So he went back. He went back to Jerusalem and had a look. And of course, the people that didn't like it were the with the region, with the with the, the, the provinces uh, rulers. And there was a couple of people there called Sanballat and Tobiah. But when it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that they were building the wall, he was angry and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Doesn't that sound like politics today? It's mocking each other. It's incredible. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? (laughs) 
Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? It sounds like politicians, doesn't it? Just destroying people. Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was with him. And he said, even that which they build, if a fuck stone, he shall even break down their stone wall. Here, O God, and this is Nehemiah. So straight away he knows all this opposition is coming. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach upon their own heads. So this is what he's praying. Whatever they pray against me, give it them back then, Lord. It's not trying to... That's what you want to do? Well, you receive what you want to do then. They reap. Amazing. It's quite wonderful, isn't it? Heap it on their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Cover not their iniquity. Don't cover their sin. And let not their sin be blotted out from, from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So, we built the wall. So no matter what, no matter what was against them, they said, let's carry on. Let's carry on what we're doing right. So we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Hello? The people had a mind to work to get the job done What's got to be done to make their life better? Isn't it fascinating, isn't it? But it came to pass when Sambalat, Tobiah, and the Arabians, and the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites, these are all the groups now that are against the Jews, heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up, that the breaches began to be stopped, the gaps began to be stopped, then they were very, very angry. And they conspired all of them together to come to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nehemiah, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. No matter what the opposition, they went back to prayer. And But that's the spiritual part. The practical part is this. And they set a watch against them day and night. In other words, they put people on round Jerusalem to watch to see when all these creatures are coming to get them. The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they shall not know, neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause them to work. This is how we think. We think of all the wrong things that are going to happen instead of the right things. How bad, how bad, how bad. Oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said to us, ten times, from all places whence you shall return unto us and they will be upon you. So we know they're still panicking that all these people are going to try and attack them and they're all still worried. Therefore, this is Nehemiah, practical. Doing something practical to change your life. Therefore, set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people with their families, with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked up and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren. Fight for your family. Fight for your neighbours. Fight for your friends. Fight for what's right. Your daughters, your wives and your houses. 
And it came to pass, when our enemies heard that it was known unto us that what they were going to do, and God had brought their counsel to nothing, then we all returned, all of us to the wall, everyone to his work. And it came from past that time forth that half the servants wrought, did the work, and the other half of them held spears and shields and bows. And the rulers were all behind the house of Judah. And they which builded the wall, they, they, bought, they bore their burdens, those that, that were carrying, they carried, everyone with his hands did the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. What's our weapon? Our weapon's our prayer. That's, that's our major weapon. But it's a spiritual thing we're going. The practicalities of doing the work of God is that we go out. The, the, the spiritual part is the weapons of our war are not carnal. It's not about us telling people it's laying down the prayers, continually laying down the prayers for our family, for ourselves, so we will not get like, the, like these were, they were worried well, that everyone's going to come against us or they're going to come up ten at a time and all this business. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So we laboured in the work. Why? Because it said if, if we sound if we make the sound of the trumpet go, go with us and our God shall fight for us. So we laboured in the work. Half of them held the spears and half of them did the work. Likewise, in the same time, I said to the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem. No one outside, everyone come in. Why? So they're all together, and they're all looking after each other. That in the night there may be guard to us and labour in the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our work clothes, except to put them off for washing. We cannot get rid of our spiritual clothes. No matter all the rubbish we see, all the work we do, everything we get involved in in this life, we cannot forget our spirituality. God has made you, when you were saved, a spiritual being, knowing spiritual things. We've got to get out of our work clothes worldly work clothes and put on our spiritual clothes and do the work of the Lord. You know, it's quite incredible some of the things that, that, that what happens. You know, that on, on, on Thursday, on, on Thursday we had, um, we had all these readings and they all ended up being about, uh, being about purpose. And one of the, one of the scriptures that, 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 that I read was, was, no, no, you, you don't have this one, Kevin. Okay. I, I, I have a number of them, Kev, so I glance through some, I read through some. But it was, it, was, it was so important because it's like anything else. If we start something new, we go with, with energy and do it, you know, we go and put lots of energy and lots of work in it. But, but, and then if things get really bad, what do we do? We drop off, we struggle, we, we don't have the energy, we don't have the passion and everything else. We don't want to do it. Oh, that's failed and all the rest of it. And yet Nehemiah didn't. Didn't. He's seen the problems. He's seen what was going to happen. He first prayed, did the spiritual, then he did the practical to put it right. That's just the same as everything we have. If we've done something wrong, put it right. You know that, you know that. It's, 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 
How many times have I said, if we don't come to church, and we don't come to Bible study, we don't learn? How many times do we in our natural need remind you to do things sometimes? How many? Hourly. Hourly, somebody said by minute, minute by minute. It's, 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 you know, we, do, we do need repetition, you know. The, the schools have said we don't need to do our times tables and don't need to learn our alphabet by rote. I, 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 I'm like, oh, oh. it's unbelievable. How are they going to learn them then? My, my children, when they went to the school, they got this, this, this fancy woman who, who got all these newfangled ideas. You know. And when I went, went to look at their science books, I said, oh, the spellings are wrong. You know what the this, this science teacher told me? We're not worried about spelling in science. What? She said they just need to know the science. I said, well, you know, this is incredible, this is ridiculous. They've got to learn how to, you know, they're going to fail other things, aren't they? So they do an English one, they write something about science, all the spellings are wrong. Incredible. It's so important that we get this over and over again. God is feeding us with his word. So, who, which one of us would like to be Joseph? So let's have a look at how much trouble Joseph got in, shall we? Number one. He was a family with all brothers. Isn't that great? Twelve brothers, hallelujah. And they didn't like him. Because he had these visions and these dreams and he told them. They all thought, you know, who does he think he is? He's the youngest son. So what did they do to him? First of all, they plotted against him, Kev. It's not even, not even just, oh, let's do this. They plotted against him and threw him in a pit. Then they, then, they, then, then they lied to the parents to say he's been killed by killing an animal and throwing the blood all over his coat of many colours because they were all jealous and envious because his daddy gave him a nice coat and then he didn't give him one. Okay. Then they sold him to slave traders. Then... Then the slave traders sold him to uh, Potiphar, who's some, some leader down there. Then he made him head of his house because he worked well. Then his wife thought, oh, mm, I like his body as it's Joseph. You know, I'm going to have sex with him. I can say that. Oh, sorry. So we're going to have, we're going to do things that we shouldn't be doing. And, then, you know, and, he, and he did that as well. He refused it. And then he got put in prison because of the woman lied. These women, in Jesus' name, and then and then after that he got put in prison. He did great for people. He interpreted their dreams. They came to pass. Don't forget me, he said. They forgot him. And then, what happened? He stayed in prison for thirteen years. Have we got a bad life? Anybody want to swap it with Joseph? So far, no. Come out, bit of wisdom, bit of vision from God, and all of a sudden becomes the number two man in the whole of Egypt. Purpose. And it wasn't for him to just be the number two leader. It was to save his family and the nation of Israel. And he didn't know that until famine came. And his family come back. Isn't that amazing? Purpose. Who would like to have been Esther? Esther was called, you know, the Bible's got some beautiful words. Um, Ma- mm, come on, I've got to remember his name now. 
what's, his, what's Esther's uncle called? Mordecai. Mordecai knew something was going on. And so he, 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 Esther became the king's, king's wife. And Mordecai would not bow down to someone because it was wrong. What he was doing was wrong and he knew that. And this, this bad person, he, he wanted all the Jews in all the land, all over all different provinces and countries to be killed and he put this thing. So Mordecai went to Esther and said, you've got to go to the king. You've got to help here. Well, for, the, for her to go in to see the king, the king always had to request her. And if she went in without a request, and he was having lots of problems, and she had had no request, if, he, if she went in and he didn't hold his... Um, mace. I can't orb or mace, whatever it was, towards that, she would die. So straight away, if he would not have given her that sign, she would have been killed. So that was the choice. She had to either go in and save the, save the nation of, of the Jews or go in and, and die and not have a chance to save it. But she went in, he had the mace, and we know the rest of the story that um, the Jews were saved because of Esther's... Who would like that? Who would like that decision that one of us just go to see somebody, okay? If they don't welcome you and they say no, you're dead. Well, hold on a minute, Mark. Mark, why why are you asking me to go? Why don't you go? Because you've got to go. Do you understand? But that's just as similar with us about talking to someone about God. It's quite fascinating, isn't it? We die within ourselves when we don't speak. The more we don't speak, the more we're dying. The more we're dying, the further away we go from God so clear and who would like to be one of the disciples in, 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 in the book of Acts who would like to be Paul come on I'm a volunteer anyone who would like to be Paul Kevin Clint has volunteered you thank you Clint okay. and look what Paul went through everywhere he went shipwrecked beaten, ridiculed stoned stoned until they thought he was dead and each one of those disciples had a gruesome end you know everyone, even some of them were crucified upside down how devilish is that hallelujah but here's the good news Romans 2 Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for them. We know all things work together for good to them that love God. Love God. Love God. That's what we were made for, to love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. So that is so important that we know. And one of the scripture 31 to that said, what shall we do to all these things that God has given us? If God be for us, then who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All those things in the Bible he's promised us are for us. 
It's God's purpose. It's God's will. It's God's intention. It's His plan to give us an amazing life and to work all things to our good. Do you know we knew that we were going to fail? He knew our flesh would take over most of the time and yet he still said, just keep coming, just keep trying, just keep going and we'll grow in Christ. It's incredible all our lives now. All what we do is working together for God's purpose. God's purpose to try to save all men. God's purpose to try to get people to live together, to work together, to love one another, to help one another. All we say... All we say and all we do shows us and God how we are doing in God's kingdom. It shows us for the purpose that God has given us. And he tells us over and over and over again how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, how much he wants to help us in this life to achieve as much as possible in this life and for him. So it's quite simple, it's not very difficult that he's trying to do all this to give us a better life and show others it's a better life this way than it is going your own way. I know. I know my flesh wants the easy life. Amen. <laughs> yeah? My flesh wants the easy life. I know that I can feel it. I look at the garden and I look at growing all the time and I have to go out and cut in there's some more weeds come up and that's got broken and this oh, and you go in the house and you know and, and, and that light's broken we've just built stuff on the floor and you know and that birds and oh do me and the, and, the, and, the, and the oven's broke you know and, and, it, and it just keeps going and going and going that's life and my flesh would say why doesn't it all run smoothly why doesn't, why doesn't the garden fix itself? Why can't I tell the garden be cut, be weedy, be flowery? My flesh would love that. But guess what? None of it's like that. How much more would I want the churches to be more spiritual the way God wanted them to be? God purposed his people to be to know these things of the Spirit. How, even in my flesh, would I want to help anyone with anything they needed help with? That's my flesh. But the reality kicks in. Mm. It's all about time and effort. It's all about purpose. It's all about what I'm going to do with my time. You know, and I'm sorry... People, when they say they haven't got enough time, I have not had one person let me sit with them and work out how can they get more time. Because we can, whoever we are. It's time and effort. And we are human beings with fleshly limitations. Amen? We haven't got eternity to do good. We've only got this short life that we lead. But God's God and he can do all things. He can do, help us to do better for him and when we do better for him, he does better for us. When we do better for our family, our family 
response. How much more can God do for your family that you can't? How much more could God do with your friends that you can't? Your colleagues, anyone he puts us in touch with. It's why we're here at church. It's why we come to Bible study. It's why we do our own Bible studies. He, he's, he wants to change us continually. He wants us to look at the way that we do things. And you know, and what are we doing with our time? What are we doing? Is it worth it? That's a, is it worth doing it? Some of us hang on to the past, which is hurtful to us. Some of us hang on to the way that we did things in the past, which are not good for us. Some of us hang on to our own thoughts, which say, I know better than God. And I know we don't say that, but our actions show that we do. It's quite fascinating. And it's not just the sin we hang on to. We hang on to the guilt and the shame. But also, we hang on to the way we used to do things. And that's not good. We have to change. We have to just stop doing the things like we say we've always done. <laughs> what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. We did that in the Alpha, or the Truth Revealed, whichever way you went on. We taught this is a way of life that Jesus teaches us to have a more abundant life, to have a happier life. You know, everybody says to me, I said, what do you want in life? Oh, I want to be happy. What makes you happy? I want a new house. I want a new car. I want to go on holiday. I want to do this. But then all those are temporal. They only last for a while. Have a a brand new car, have a brand new clothing. And how how much you reverence it after you've had it for a while. Uh -uh. A moment's pleasure is not worth it. It's not worth it. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. How can believers do that? How can, how can believers do that if they're not taught what, what way of life that he wants for us? It's so simple, really. It's common sense, really. But we don't see it that way. Our purpose for teaching is that we all can have the knowledge of God and his right way of living for peace, joy, strength, resilience in this world full of tribulation, problems, Violence, lies, or God in this calling what you like. There's tons of it. That's why he has that purpose for teaching. The purpose in the Bible, at what we've had today, is to show us many examples of people in everyday life. How they live their life and how they have to change. So we can learn their lives, what they went through, to teach us how we should react to how, how our lives are. How we should conduct ourselves. How we should live as Christians. And the greatest purpose, that he made Jesus. That Jesus came to die. So all of us would have the opportunity to have our, sin, opportunity to have our sins forgiven, no matter what we've done, to be reconciled with God, to forgive others, to forgive ourselves, so we are clear, to have, be able to have the fullness of the love of God in, in, in us. It is about having that relationship with, with God direct. And the opportunity to find that is real and know the truth about him, about who Jesus is and the purpose for our life. One of those purposes is definitely witnessing. <laughs> Isn't it be marvellous for us that somebody has taken their time out to talk to you about Jesus Christ? You can thank God for that person. 
You can thank God for those people who have taught you. Taught you to help you learn more. Change your own lives into the lives that God wants for us. God said it will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's the teaching. It's the continual renewing of our mind. Changing the way that we think. And it's for good. It's for good for you. And it's for, to give you more peace and more joy and more contentment. You know, do things right and get your family right and your friends and, and help one another. Do you know there's even a purpose for your emotions? Fascinating. We're made in the same image of God. So every emotion you have, guess what? God has. It's incredible. Although he doesn't react sometimes like we do, but you know, but he does. He has done somewhere in the Bible, and you can see why he had to change Old Testament to the New Testament. Because man failed on his own. Our purpose of our emotions, let, it let us feel what God feels. But also how to keep control of ourselves. Because our emotions run wild sometimes. Fruit of the Spirit. The last one listed is self-control. Isn't that amazing? So God's got self-control and he said, God, isn't it fascinating what he said? I've got to give you the ability to control yourself. Anyone go out of control now again? Never. Anyone who speaks things that they regret later? Oh, that's, that's everyone. Clint? <laughs> Clint's got his eyes like this. It's incredible. Isn't it wonderful, though, that God said, Hey, we can change. I can help you do this. I can help you. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, to help us. The purpose of the Word is to teach us. So the Word and the Spirit together will transform us into the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose of blessings is to be able to bless others. The purpose of, of, of prayer is to be able to help others and ourselves and to show God our faith. It's just amazing. The purpose of giving, Kevin, giving money, is to be able to help others and do the things of, of, of the Christ. But also the purpose of giving is so God can give, it back. give us. Fascinating. We don't give. Why would he want to? It's just amazing. And the purpose of the church? To reinforce each other. To fulfil Jesus' mission to the earth. So simple. Amen? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's no intricate web after that, Dave, of what we should do and love one another and give to one another and, and sacrifice ourselves to one another and love, you know, and all that, yes, but to fulfil Jesus' mission to the earth. And that's part of it. Those are just all the activities that we have to do. Jeremiah 29, 11. A couple of more scriptures now. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end, to give you a good end. So we're working towards a good end. Anyone want to go to heaven here? Anyone want to go to heaven? That's the best end we're going to have. All right? 
all the, all the rubbish we go through, all the illnesses, all the trials and the tribulations, the anger and emotions and splits and you name it, all the trash that goes on. And he says, hey, all that I'm going to help you with, but I'm going to make sure you get to heaven with me. Then, you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will listen to you. Isn't that lovely? If we do the things he asks us to do, then I'll listen to you. You know when your children don't listen to you, mm. what do you feel about them? <gasps> oh, Alright, you don't need to answer it then, because I know, because when my children didn't, I told them, I'd give them what for. But then I love them. I realise as a Christian, I've still got to love them, no matter what it is. So I would tell them, I would send them to bed, I would smack them. And I'd leave them for a while to meditate, not to stew in it, to meditate on it, and I'd go to see them, and sit with them, and talk to them. Daddy loves you. I don't want you to do that, because that's life out of order. I said, when it's out of order, we all become out of order. And that's where anger and hate and bitterness and all the rest of the things come from. I'm only trying to help you to get so you've got a good start in life. Same what Jesus will say to us. I'm only trying to help you. I'm only trying to give you a better life. You know, will you listen to me? Please? And then you can have a better life. Stop doing it your way and do it my way. God's purpose? He created beings. He created us in his own image with free will. To learn about him and make choices to follow him and to show love to him. For he loved us first because he created us. He loves his own creation, believe you or believe you not. Show him we love him in our thoughts, words and actions and have the promise of eternal life with him. His promises are all Amen. And amen. In other words, so be it, so be it. He cannot deny his promises. So, let your conduct, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, let your conduct be without covetousness. Don't worry about everyone else. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me. The last one, Matthew 28, 20, Kevin, a little bit further on what you said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. God's purpose to be with us whenever we want Him, whenever we need Him. His purpose to be with us, to teach us, to guide us. His purpose is to be together, to help one another, to love one another no matter where we are. But our job is to put our effort in, is to be together, is to learn together, is to be the family He wants us to be. Forgiveness and love are two of his greatest things that, we, that we've got. Love being the most, but forgiveness. Because if we do not forgive, we're already in trouble. 
Father, pour out your spirit upon us. Father, we've had a, another service where so many things have worked together for our good. And Father, you know it's not easy on our flesh. We don't like being told these things, Father, because it doesn't suit us. It's not what we think. And yet, Lord, I know all these things are here for our good. To make us better people. To have a better life. And Father, to help one another. Even those that work against us. That is your purpose for us. The Father change us. Let us go out again. Let's re- regather ourselves, Father, and go out doing the work of you again, Father. Let's talk to our family again. In love. Not trying to beat them up, but to try to just to sit them down and show them your word. Not our word. Not what we think. But what God says. So, Father, strengthen us this morning. Revive our spirits, Father. Soften our hearts. Take away our hard head, our pig-headedness, Lord. Our obstinacy, our obstruction to you. Father, we are chained sometimes in our own thoughts. Release us. But then, Father, let us put in place what you are teaching us. So, Father, we can be free. Your word shall make us free. We shall be free indeed to help one another and love you. Father, be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.